Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. How to heal a heartbreak. My name is Florence Barkway, and you might know me from the Fucks Given podcast and Come Curious. In this week's episode, I'm going to be talking to a sex and relationships therapist called Mike Lusada. Mike is a psychosexual somatic therapist. He is qualified as a counsellor in psychosynthesis, a California state-approved clinical sexologist, sex coach and sex educator. Funnily enough, I actually met Mike Lusada on set about a year ago from this day and I had been going through my big breakup in 2019 from a relationship that I was in for four and a half years. Mike was on set being his professional self, his uh, therapist self, answering some questions with me and Reed on camera. And I confided in him about my situation and we actually met up for a little bit of a mini therapy session where he helped me figure out what I was going to do with my breakup, whether the relationship was worth working on and if I was going to work on it, how that would work or kind of basically the just he was helping me figure everything out about that situation, the relationship, the breakup and he he was just so incredible at giving me this advice that I thought who better who better to ask to come on this podcast to talk to me from a therapist point of view on how we can heal our heartbreaks I feel like a therapist is obviously the first person that you would go to when you're having trouble healing mentally from some sort of trauma because at the end of the day a heartbreak is a trauma, a breakup is a trauma and therapy can help us work through these traumas, these issues, we have space to talk, we can say whatever we want, we can be our crazy broken hearted selves and just let it all out. And obviously, 
therapists give the best advice. So who better to ask onto this podcast than a sex and relationship therapist? I'm hoping to get some practical advice from Mike, something that we can all take away, something that we can all figure out how best to deal with our brokenhearted selves. What is heartbreak and like why do we feel pain physically when we go through a broken heart? Because I think sometimes it's quite shocking, isn't it? Like the pain um, that we actually physically feel. So hopefully Mike can give us some answers, some advice and some really great tips on how we can heal. Let's hear what he has to say. So I have Mike here, Mike Lusada, who is a sex and relationships therapist who I actually met at the end of last year when I was going through my quite a big breakup actually at the end of last year. I spoke to you the week before I ended that four and a half year relationship. Yeah. So I felt like it was quite fitting to get you on this podcast about um, how to heal from a heartbreak because I felt like you had some sort of personal, I had some sort of personal attachment to you for my first breakup and like weird heartbreak. So it, it, felt, it just felt right. It felt right to get you on to talk about heartbreak. Great. Well, thank you. Delighted to be here, Florence. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> to talk about and the your, pain of heartbreak. <laughs> the pain. Do you often get people coming to you in your sessions to deal with heartbreak? Uh of course, sometimes, but I say more likely I get people who want to end their relationships coming and saying, you know, am, yeah. am I in the right relationship? And then yeah. sometimes working out they are and sometimes working out they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, of course, I mean, we've all experienced heartbreak and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it can be just a, it's, it's a really deep experience. I think it doesn't really get kind of honored and acknowledged for the depth I of think, its experience. Yeah, I, I really do. I do believe that because this um this year i have gone through uh, a heartbreak that was a bit different to the one that i'm not even sure if i can say that i went through a heartbreak when i ended that really long relationship because mm. i had already dealt with i feel like i feel like i'd already moved on from that relationship way before it actually ended and then this yeah. time the heartbreak feels very much real and almost like a new experience, something that I'd never really experienced before. Mm. And it does feel deep and very unsettling. Yeah. The thing about heartbreak is that our intimate partners are the ones that see us most deeply. Mm. And so it's the place where we really open ourselves, we expose ourselves, we make ourselves most vulnerable. And of course, our deep longing is, is to be seen. And really that, yeah. that, that goes back to our childhood experience of the longing to be seen of the child, the infant, be seen by their mother, be seen by their father. And so, you know, uh, an adult heartbreak really touches into that very young developmental phase of like, here, mom, here I am, here, dad, here I am, love me, see yeah. me, appreciate me. And then suddenly the, the other isn't there. The, the partner isn't there. They leave. And that leaves a huge, a huge feeling of, of, you know, uh, a hole, a space in, in your life. I think that's really interesting about the whole inner child thing and that support. Cause I think the, when you, when you are in a relationship where you feel deeply supported and then that mm. has been sort of taken away from you, you do feel 
very, very vulnerable suddenly? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is that we're longing to be to be mirrored. We're longing for someone to see us and so that our partner becomes that mirror for us. And then suddenly the mirror is taken away and we're left mm. with this huge kind of feeling of, of openness and vulnerability, um, like, a, like a hole. It feels like a, literally can feel like a hole in our heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think we go through emotionally when someone breaks our heart? I think all of our childhood um, wounds are getting activated. Uh, it can be rejection, abandonment. It can be feeling not good enough. Uh, mm-hmm. All of those I things. Think everyone can relate. To yeah, that. I mean, we all have that in different degrees, right? Yeah. Um, and and so all of that's going to get activated, and and we know those places in ourselves because, of course, in our childhood, at some point, we've had the experience of not being seen, of being rejected of Mm. not feeling good enough and the particular flavor of our childhood whichever kind of combination of those different things was our experience in childhood is what we're going to feel in our adult experience of heartbreak and um so it's going to just reinforce the wounding stories that we have Mm. so we need to look deep like deep into those wounds i guess and be there for our inner child absolutely i mean the other is, like I said, is is a mirror for us. Yeah. The other is yeah. not us. So what's what's taken away when the other leaves is only the mirror. The, mm. the, the person, the you who's experiencing the heartbreak remains. So the important thing is to stay in connection with that heartbroken part of yourself, to love them and appreciate them and reassure them that, no, you're not worthless. No, you're, you're you know, you are not abandoning them because the mm. them is the inner child. And yeah. yes, the we other, the mirror can go. The mirrors, mirrors will come and go, right? Relationships change through life. Rarely anyone has the experience of, you know, getting into a relationship at 16 or 18 or what, 20 or whatever, and then lasting, you know, 50, 60 years through their whole life. Some, but very, very rare. So mirrors will yeah. come and go. But the connection to the self needs to remain. And that's kind of one of the ways that you heal that is by acknowledging the wounding. Mm. And you know, the bigger the heartbreak, that you know, the heartbreak shows us our capacity for love because we only mm. feel heartbreak because we've loved. So the, yeah. the bigger the heartbreak, the more, the more capacity for love we have, the more open we've allowed ourselves to be, the more beautiful yeah. that experience is. I think what a lot of people find hard is reopening after a heartbreak because of how much pain that they do feel it then scares them into getting into other relationships because they they don't want to feel that again of course i mean it's really natural right like you put your hand in the fire it burns you learn not to put your hand in the fire right you go i'm not gonna do that again that'd be dumb but the problem is with with our hearts and with our feeling states we're always going to re-experience those so Mm -hmm. you can protect yourself from that but unlike sticking your hand in the fire uh, protecting yourself against heartbreak means keeping your heart closed. It means keeping yourself in isolation and separation. And that's denying a very basic human longing that we have of being in connection, of being seen, mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to, you know, to open to another person. It's yeah. deeply, deeply ingrained in our, in our nervous system and in our psyche. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea why, or like, why do you think we go through pain physically when 
we like when we have a broken heart I remember lying in bed like not even that long ago a couple of weeks ago still feeling the pain from um three months ago and feeling so deeply wounded in my chest that it almost felt like someone was sticking a knife in me yeah absolutely I mean heartbreak is a very physiological reaction and the reason for that is because um there's a, a particular nerve in the body called the vagus nerve, V-A-G-U-S, not, not vagus as in vagus, that's vagus, V-A-G-U-S. <laughs> um, and the vagus nerve is, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, it, it it's, wanders through the body in different places. So it connects to the heart and the lungs, it connects to the digestive system, uh, lots of other places as well. And, and when the vagus nerve is activated, when it's, you know, operating healthily, that allows us to be open, it allows us to be, in connection it's connected to our social engagement system and Mm -hmm. when we experience the separation the loss the rejection the abandonment that social engagement is shut off and so the vagus nerve closes down and about you know nerve nerve endings can come from the brain down to the body or from the body up to the brain and about 80 percent of the fibers of the nerve endings in the vagus nerve come from the body to the brain yeah. So the body is giving us all of this information so from to up to our brain, from our heart, our lungs, our stomach, for example. So, you know, mm-hmm. that knotted feeling you feel in your stomach, that mm-hmm. pain and emptiness that you feel in your heart is literally the nerve endings changing and, yeah. and sending different information up to the brain. So it's That's crazy, very though. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is mad that something that we feel so emotionally can become so physical, but also like it manifests the actual, like exactly how it feels. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. really know how to explain <laughs> that, but like well, w- when someone breaks your heart, you're like, oh my god, they stabbed me in the heart, and you, it's like, then I actually feel that. But you see, if we, if and, and the language that we use around it, heartbreak, mm. stabbed in the heart. You know, is yeah. because that's where we feel it physiologically. If we felt it in our throat, yeah. we'd say, oh, my God, I've got a throat break, right? <laughs> but that's not where the nerve endings go. So, you know, yeah. our language yeah. is, 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 has evolved to reflect our physical experience. Yeah. And feelings, you know, we call them feelings because we feel them in the body, right? They're mm-hmm. not a mental construct. You know, when you get sad, mm-hmm. you have a lump in your throat and you have an ache in your you know, ache in your heart. When you yeah. are scared, you have butterflies in your stomach. They're very physiological effects. So heartbreaks are different for everyone, right? Everyone has a different wound and a different emotion that is triggered by heartbreak. Yeah, I think you could kind of put them into different categories. It's usually going to evoke feelings of uh I've been abandoned or I'm not good enough or maybe I've been rejected, which is a little different than, than abandonment. I would say rejection is yeah. like you don't accept me and abandonment mm. is you're here and then you leave. How how do we go about tackling those emotions though? Like, Because I think especially, I think a lot of people will relate to not feeling good enough and like never feeling good enough because every single relationship that they've been in um, that ends for some reason and they always end up blaming themselves. So like I said, this stuff really goes back to our childhood. Um, 
I think in terms mm. of what I call first wave and second wave. So second wave stuff is that we experience as an adult. But yeah. those are patterns that are just repeating themselves from our childhood. The first wave is our childhood imprinting, our childhood experience. So if you learn that uh, you're too much or you're not enough in childhood, those are the those are the messages that like, you're going to have repeated in your adult relationships. Mm. So the healing is to go back and reassure that young part of yourself that they are good enough, that they are lovable. Um, really, you can dialogue with, you know, we all have our inner children inside us and you can dialogue with them, have an image of them come up oh. and, and, and talk to them and say, Hey, sweetie, how are you doing? What do you need? What's, what's happening? You know, what, what, how can I help you? And let them talk to you, listen to them. Oh, that makes me feel emotional mm. even thinking mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, because it's just, it's a place of deep vulnerability. Yeah. So we really do have to sort of visualize the person or our younger self that we are talking to. It really helps to do that because, you know, most of us have a pretty mm. clear image sense of us as mm-hmm. younger, younger, younger people. Um, and when you start to connect with the image, you also start to connect with the sensations. And when you connect with the sensation, then it becomes an embodied experience. Mm. And because the pain is a felt experience, like you said, the heartbreak is a physical yeah. experience of the heart. Because the pain is physical, the healing needs to be physical too. So that means we need to feel the healing in our body. So, yeah, visualize. Maybe the little, the little young one says, I really need a hug. So visualize them having a hug, but also give yourself a hug, physically hold yourself, like, or hug a cushion or hug your teddy bear or hug your dog or cat or whatever. Um, yeah. Let yourself have physical experience because we need to heal at that physical level. That really, that like hits home for me mm. so much personally, because like that immediately brings up thoughts of like not being, not having that from my parents. Yeah. But I also pushed them away from a very, very young age. My sister was always very um, tactile mm. and she hugged, um, she was always cuddling with our parents and stuff. But I would be the opposite as the elder child. I, I left their bed like from an early age, like I didn't want them to be near me I needed my own space mm. and because I think I acted in that way I wasn't I didn't I, I stopped receiving that um sort of tactile uh support in a way so yeah that that really that really hits home yeah. with me and these that like need for it like that touch and intimacy and that now I can only find in partners yeah and, and, you know, even, you know, I feel pain in my heart when I hear you talking about that, that young experience of yours, because even that, that young part of you, young as it was, that took yourself out of the, the connection, took yourself out of contact and physical touch, mm. you know, that would also have been a reaction against something that was happening. I don't want to go into analyzing you, but there's, there would have been something that was happening that caused you to go into that kind of you know, fight and flight, right? That's a kind of flight behavior I'm running away from because it's too painful yeah. to stay with that I have this need. Because if you know the mm-hmm. need won't be met, then of course we adapt a strategy of, well, I don't need the need or I'll try even harder to get it. So some people try harder, some people pull back. Yeah. So I, that, really that, young, that has... Young infancy. 
Yeah, I, I've got an idea of what it is in my head now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go <laughs> into yeah. it on here. But um, yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's something that we could all really take, yeah. really look back at our child self and analyze. And even if it's not easy, go back and really nurture ourselves. It's, it's, it's so hard, though, like to actually attach to that person, I think. Well, here's, here's the good news. The brain really pretty much can't tell the difference between an actual memory and an imagination. So when you think about your childhood, you know your childhood because you have memories of it. The memories are mental images that you have, which then create physical sensations in your body. Oh, I remember my third birth, fifth birthday party, whatever, and it was so lovely and I had a big cake and blah, blah, blah. And you feel happy in your body, right? But all you're doing is you're, you're activating a memory. So mm-hmm. if you create new memories for yourself, even they weren't your actual experience, it will have a physiological effect. So now if you imagine having a mother and a father, even if it wasn't your real experience, if you imagine having a mother and a father who were loving, supportive, tactile in a healthy way, you know, respectful, boundaried, all of that stuff, if you, mm. if you visualize that, you'll start to feel things in your body. And your body will change its receptivity, its its neurology. So you create a new sense of self-identity based on, I did have that love and contact. Yeah. Rather than the inverted commas real experience of, I took myself off to my bedroom and I selected. Yeah, that that's really interesting. I guess um, on kind of on another note, but talking about memories, like I feel like a lot of um, heartbreak is triggered by memories, not necessarily your childhood memories, Mm. but your memories of being with that person. And those are the moments where the pain kind of all comes sort of flooding back. Um, And it's very hard to get away from those memories, especially when they, um, I guess, had so much like love and happiness. And especially at a time like now where we have this global pandemic there's so much uncertainty in the world and you you look you you're craving that kind of like happiness and that support so these memories become quite hard to get away from like they they don't you can't really get away from the memories of the the partner and the yeah absolutely the thing that was i mean we're so we're you know we're all longing for love connection and and happiness so of course Mm. And the stronger the experience, the more strongly it imprints in our nervous system. Both strong positive and strong negative, of course. Trauma is the opposite of that, right? Which is a strong negative experience. But strong positive Mm -hmm. experiences are are deeply meaningful for us. And so, of course, they imprint in the body. And then when we see things or we think about things that remind us of that situation, it's going to activate the same physiological response in our body. And... Mm -hmm. You know, it's painful, but it's also really important to honor the the mm. beauty, the love that was shared, the love that existed in the relationship, if there's a real heartbreak. Because it's, you know, unhealthy just to dismiss it and say, well, it didn't make it matter to me anyway. That's not honoring the truth of your experience if you feel real heartbreak. Yeah. So it's really important to recognize, wow, I feel so much pain because I felt so much love. And up. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, the mirror has gone, but I still have that capacity for love. That mm-hmm. remains. So really honoring that capacity for love. 
And the, the reality is that, you know, if you keep your heart open and you move through life, you'll find someone else as a different mirror yeah. to, to, to have a new experience. So as a therapist, have you found that there is sort of a best way or route to healing a heartbreak? You have to feel it to heal it is a corny old therapy saying, but it's but it's true, right? <laughs> so, you know, when we shut it off and we say it didn't matter, that, that, that relationship's over and, you know, screw them, forget about it. That's just locking pain and the emotion deeper into our body. And unfortunately, it doesn't just go away. We can't override it. It will come up at yeah. some point in the future. So yes. you really need to allow space for it. You know, it depends on the nature of the heartbreak, of course, as well. Like, you know, is it a heartbreak because a partner died or is it a, part, a, mm. a heartbreak because they left you, but you only knew them a month, uh, but it mm-hmm. felt like a deep relationship? Or is it a 20-year marriage and relationship that, you know, had whatever you had kids yeah. with? I mean, there's different levels of it. So yeah, honor sure. what was. Let yourself feel the feelings of it. And, you know, don't get... Don't get stuck in obsessing about the other person. Don't get mm. stuck in, oh, but I had this memory and I need, you know, I've lost this experience. Know that you can recreate yeah. that, that experience, not the same experience, but you can recreate those feelings with a different person in a different time. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone can relate to that moment where you obsess a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really shit when there's like the internet where you just I feel like everyone just is their their worst enemy when it comes to uh, heartbreak and social media now these days because you can find out anything you yeah. want. Yeah, that can be really painful. So, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of bad ideas after a heartbreak, um, you know, don't be obsessing over your ex-partner. Don't be looking at their social yeah. media profile. Um, yeah. For me, blocking them was a really helpful thing. Yeah. It sounds quite harsh and it wasn't any like it didn't it didn't mean that I didn't like mm. them anymore or like it wasn't it wasn't done in a negative way at all. It was literally for my own sanity mm. because I knew that if there was the possibility of looking on their Instagram profile or seeing that they had seen a story I posted or whatever, then the thought would still kind of be there and I would be able to to sort of yeah, yeah. obsess. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's putting a boundary in place. What I would say is if you have the capacity and that the other person has the capacity, it would be good to communicate mm. why you're why you're blocking them rather than just block them and then yeah. they feel really hurt from that. Yeah. Um, but just really explaining what's going on for you. But yes, creating yeah. some distance is gonna is gonna help. Are there any other not very productive things that people can do? <laughs> the worst thing you could do is stalk someone, right? Whether that's literally <laughs> or or, or um, on social media. Um, apart from yeah. being criminal, <laughs> um, it's also <laughs> just really bad for your heart, right? I mean, you know, yes. just checking someone's social media page every day, like you're, 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 you're feeding, you're feeding the, demon. the demon, right? You're just feeding the mm-hmm. pain, and and yeah. you know, why would you want to do that? Uh, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you to move on. It's not going to help you to positively remember the experiences. It's just going to you know, reinforce the agony of it all. 
So it's mm. it's important that we don't get lost in that. It's a, it's a black hole that you can wander into sometimes if you're not mindful. For sure, for sure. So do you have any advice for people that have broken up with people and don't know how to deal with someone else's broken heart? Just um, really honour their experience. Um, mm. You know, that the, the truth is that they're feeling something, even if you're not feeling it, and that's touching into mm-hmm. a deep vulnerability in them. And so just, mm-hmm. you know, again... It all comes back to our childhood patterning and relating. So actually, the, the heartbreak is showing us the child in the other person. If there yeah. was a child that was in pain, you wouldn't shout and scream at them, I would hope. <laughs> right? So this is bad parenting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you'd be loving, you'd be compassionate, you'd be patient. And so mm-hmm. just, you know, just recognize what's really going on for that person. Um, yeah just acknowledge that I think that that's also something that friends and family can take on board when someone else is going through a heartbreak because a lot of the time people's advice like immediately is very protective Mm. but in quite like almost like an angry way they they head to oh they like they were a fuck boy they were Mm. a dickhead like they Mm. how dare they do this to you but this is not helpful if you're going through if a heartbreak. If there's real heartbreak, like I said, there's been real love. So mm-hmm. it's never productive to dishonor that love by saying that the person was a dickhead. Um, it, mm-hmm. They might have behaved in ways that were dickhead-ish, <laughs> but, but there was obviously <laughs> something in them that made you love them in the first place, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. don't don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. Don't dismiss that. Um Yes, you know, maybe they did some really stupid things, but there was also this part of them that that was lovable. And it's dishonoring Mm. yourself as well as them if you don't recognize it. Yeah. And I think the greatest thing overall is that we can really learn from a heartbreak. And as you said, it's getting in touch with your inner child. So maybe if you didn't go through that heartbreak, you wouldn't have even gathered to look that deep. There's always always an opportunity for healing and growth when we have these kind of profound emotional experiences, positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then then we have a chance to love a part of ourselves that perhaps didn't get loved before. The more we allow ourselves to feel it, the more deeply we can, we're given the opportunity to love this part. So there's tremendous mm-hmm. learning and healing in this. I also really like, this isn't particularly a heartbreak, but in terms of ending a relationship, it can be mm. really good to have uh, a really loving conversation about the things that you appreciated about the other person, the things that you learned about yourself, and maybe the things yeah. that you would like to have seen more of from them, the things that you would like to have expressed more of in yourself. That's a, that's a really mm-hmm. useful learning reflection at the end of a relationship. Yeah, definitely. I think I did that with my ex-partner and it was... Yeah, it was it was really good. Like it just felt very it was one of those conversations that people would say that it was closure. Yeah. yeah that's really important. Mm-hmm. That also helps to heal heartbreak is that sense of closure which is acknowledging the positive and the negative about the relationship and about the person and about yeah. your experience of yourself in the relationship. You know, I liked I liked how mm-hmm. I was like this in the relationship, but I wish I hadn't been like that in the relationship. Always finding that place of balance between the you know 
yeah. this was good, this wasn't so great. And just honoring both because that's the fullness of human experiences. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're nice, sometimes we're nasty, sometimes we're good, bad, whatever. We're just loving yeah, all of us. Exactly. And just to wrap up as well, like um, looking back at what you have spoken to us about, what is it we can do to heal heartbreak? Like I say, opening the heart is the way to heal mm-hmm. the heart. In order to open the heart, we need to feel the pain. So when we open, we become vulnerable. We say, yeah, this hurt. I really love this person. They really loved me at that point. And now, now they don't, or now it's, now it's not expressing in the same way. Um, so you have to feel it. Honor the young part of you that's had, that's had also, you know, honor the young part of you that is the root cause of this experience. And, um, yeah. just really be gentle with yourself. Don't beat yourself up. There's no point in sitting there thinking, oh, God, I made so many mistakes. I'm so dumb. Yeah, you did that for a reason. Be gentle with that young part of yourself. Be gentle with the young part of them as well. And honor it. And once you've felt the feelings of it, let yourself move on. Know that they're a mirror. That the, and, and, you know, even if the relationship ends, it doesn't necessarily mean that the love ends. Love can go on even when you're not in a relationship. I'm not talking about like obsessing over them, but just acknowledging that, yeah, I still have love for this person. I don't want to be in a relationship with them. They don't want to be in a relationship with me, but the love is still there. I think that's really important to end that on. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Mike. That was that was yeah. really, really good advice. I think that everyone could take something from this episode and really, really hopefully heal themselves a little bit more. Beautiful, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so I think we're all sitting here now with our child selves, that younger version of you. And we need to look to that person and be there for them. What trauma did they go through that is now being reflected in this heartbreak? I found it really quite profound and kind of... I mean, I got really emotional actually whilst we were recording that podcast episode. I don't know if you can, you can't really hear it when you listen back to it, but I was there like chin nearly wobbling, like watery eyes, especially just that moment when we were talking about the child self and trying to figure out what, why, why, why that pain was so big. Um, what was it about something that happened in the past that made this heartbreak so painful? Um, it was quite a process. Like I, I really wanted to cry after interviewing Mike. Um, I wanted to sit there and actually, you know, sit there and feel it. Like he said, you got to feel it to heal it. I feel like that is probably like the biggest takeaway from this episode is just allow allow yourself to feel the pain because after all the bigger the heartbreak the bigger we loved and the bigger our capacity is to love and what is more beautiful than that to be honest and it means that we're always going to have that capacity to love like it's not just for that person that broke our hearts it 
it could be for anyone in the future. We have learned the skill to love someone that deeply, that we are feeling that deep pain now. And that is that is something quite amazing, um, in my opinion. I think for me, um, like especially the 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 not feeling good enough has always come up for me in heartbreaks and breakups. It was something that I really struggled with in my longer term relationship. I never felt like I was good enough for my partner. And I always managed to put them on some sort of pedestal where I'm just like, wow, this person, how can they be with me? I am not worthy. <laughs> like, I, it, it's a reoccurring thing. It's a reoccurring feeling of not feeling good enough. And I remember when I was sitting down with Quarantine Bay, the guy who broke my heart, um, when we were kind of separating, um, I said like I was in floods of tears and I was just saying like, it makes me feel like I'm not good enough. And he sat there in front of me and said, you are are good enough Florence like this has nothing to do with you like it's never been because you aren't good enough and hearing someone say that to me out loud was it was powerful and (laughs) made me cry some more to be honest um but I just like I'm, I'm there with you feeling the not good enough and also the abandonment. I've so many times things happen in your childhood where you do get abandoned by either parent and it leaves you feeling vulnerable and sort of clasping for that support. And for me personally, I've always looked for um, intimacy and comfort in partners I am I'm not a huggy person I do not hug like I don't cuddle friends like I just I I don't it makes me feel super super awkward and this is something that I've carried with me from whatever happened in my childhood I don't even know I'm still working through this um but it's carried on and it's given such gravitas to whoever I'm in a relationship with because the intimacy that they give me I don't get from anywhere else and I think especially this year during the pandemic that has been even more significant because we literally aren't going around hugging people these days like we we don't get that intimacy like someone holding our hand feels like a million times more than it would have before the pandemic hit. It feels like the most comforting thing in the whole wide world. So it's, I guess it's acknowledging all of these experiences and chatting to Mike definitely. Oh, I just thought he gave some real, real good advice. And I thought it was really important to remember what he said about our partner being a mirror and like mirrors will come and go and the experiences like you always put whatever's happened like in your life on the experience it isn't because of that one person like they are the mirror to you which is quite a weird revelation right 
What also really stood out to me in his advice was when he told us that we could remake our memories. Okay, so like when we're sitting there in front of our child selves and being there for our child self, we can we can make a memory up. So if you're feeling abandoned, like your childlike self is feeling abandoned, we can sit there and imagine we can imagine our father or our mother giving us that hug and that embrace and that comfort that we feel that we didn't have at that point. And we can we can give ourselves that memory. And I'm sitting here doing that right now with my eyes closed and it feels so warm and comforting. And I think that's something that we all need right now. So let's end this episode sitting here with our child selves and give yourself a hug. Please sit here and give yourself a hug for me. And this is how we're going to round up the episode. We are all going to be here hugging ourselves. And I just, I love the thought of us all just sitting here and being there being there to comfort ourselves in this time of need. Tell me you were cold, but it don't feel right. I miss you in my arms, but I sleep in alone at night. So a massive thank you to Mike Lusada for coming onto the podcast. You can find him on his Instagram, which is Mike Lusada, L-O-U-S-A-D-A, and his website, which is www.mikelusada.com. Thank you so much for being here, everyone, and being here on my journey and everyone else's journey to heal your heartbreak. Next week, I'm going to be talking to an astrologer cannot wait she's called six and she is actually part of our team on come curious now on our instagram so i cannot wait to have this conversation with her and i can't wait for you to all hear it as well so you will hear me next week on another episode of how to heal a heartbreak Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.